48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Experts recommend the emergency use of the Sinovac vaccine in Hong Kong. Authorities confirm social distancing restrictions will be relaxed on Thursday and two pro-democracy figures plead guilty to protest-related charges. Experts advising the government on its COVID-19 vaccination programme have recommended the emergency use of the Sinovac vaccine in Hong Kong after receiving data from the mainland drug maker suggesting that its product's efficacy rate exceeds 60%. Wendy Wong reports. The convener of the expert panel, Wallace Lau, said the group unanimously agreed that the vaccine's efficacy outweighs its possible risks. He said the panel had received the information it sought following a meeting on the Sinovac jabs last week, and the data provider of late-stage trials showed the vaccine's efficacy rate is 62.3% when two doses are administered 28 days apart. A previously reported efficacy rate of barely over 50% from late-stage clinical trials in Brazil had raised concerns that the vaccines isn't as effective as it should be for emergency use. But Professor Lau told reporters that all the data provider has put those fears to rest. The data that we have looked at appeared to show that this vaccine is efficacious. The expert also waved off suggestions that the government pressured panel into recommending the vaccine. We have concentrated primarily on looking at the data, so there is no pressure from anyone at all on making the recommendation. Sinovac was supposed to have already delivered a million doses of coronavirus vaccines to Hong Kong by the end of January, but authorities were unable to approve the jabs because of a lack of the necessary data. A number of countries have ordered Sinovac vaccines, including Turkey, Indonesia and Brazil. Vaccines produced by the German firm BioNTech remains the only formally approved COVID-19 vaccine in Hong Kong for now. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government will go ahead with a plan to relax social distancing measures on Thursday, but it's unlikely the rules will be loosened further anytime soon. Cecil Wong has details. Sophia Chan says since the number of new coronavirus cases has continued to remain low in recent days, restaurants will be able to provide dine-in services until 10 in the evening from 6 p.m. now, and some businesses, including cinemas, gyms and beauty parlors, will be allowed to reopen on condition that staff get tested every fortnight. Professor Chan told reporters that the authorities will keep a close eye on whether there is a resurgence of COVID-19 cases now the Lunar New Year holiday is over, before deciding when social distancing rules can be further relaxed. As far as the uh, next phase of the relaxation is concerned, I think we have to be very, very careful. I don't think the next phase of relaxation will be very soon. Restaurants and other businesses will be required to use the government's contact tracing app or record their customers' personal information. Any restaurants that violate the rules will be banned from providing dine-in services in the evening for up to two weeks, while business owners who don't comply may be fined and jailed. A maximum of four people will be able to sit together at one table in a restaurant, but the limit on public gatherings will remain at two people. The health chief did not answer a question on when schools will fully resume classes. The number of new coronavirus cases in Hong Kong stayed in the single digits for two consecutive days, with eight cases reported. But at the same time, authorities said about 20 people had tested preliminary positive for the virus. In other news, two former lawmakers, Ao Nok Hin and Leung Yu Chung, have pleaded guilty to protest-related charges over an anti-government demonstration in August 2019. Jimmy Choi has more. The pair were among nine pro-democracy figures charged with organising and joining an unauthorised assembly. The district court heard that Nell Lok Hin, a deputy convener of the Civil Human Rights Front, had, along with others, led a march from Victoria Park to Shater Road on August 18, 2019, without police approval. 
he admitted to organizing and taking part in an unauthorized assembly. Lan Yuchong, meanwhile, pleaded guilty to joining the assembly. The other charge he faced, organizing an unauthorized assembly, was left on court file and will not be dealt with until the court approves. The pair were released on bail ahead of their sentencing on March the 22nd. The other seven defendants, Jimmy Lai, Martin Lee, Margaret Ng, Lee Chek Yan, Sit Ho, Leung Kwok Hong and Albert Ho, pleaded not guilty to both charges. Senior counsel Lawrence Locke, representing Martin Lee and Albert Ho, told the court that he will submit a 12-page expert report relating to police operational matters, including crowd management, which he said was expected to arrive later in the afternoon. The judge said this was the first time she learned that the defense would submit the report, and the prosecution said it will have to read it first before the trial opens. The hearing has been adjourned to tomorrow morning. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. A 48-year-old woman has been sentenced to 10 months in prison in connection with a fatal traffic accident last year. Here's Jimmy Choi again. The district court heard that Chan Kit Fong, who works in agriculture, fisheries and conservation department, drove her car through a barrier in a car park in Tun Moon in the morning of March the 28th last year. Her car then struck a man crossing the road and hit a light rail train before coming to a stop. The 55-year-old man who was hit was pronounced dead after being sent to hospital. Chan earlier pleaded guilty to one count of dangerous driving causing death. Judge Timothy Casewell said the defendant has shown remorse to the victim's family, taking into account that Chan was not using medicine or alcohol and had had a good driving record. The judge said the seriousness of the case was the lowest among all similar cases. The judge noted that the accident did not take place at a pedestrian crossing, and the victim did not use a footbridge to cross the road. He said the defendant's psychological and psychiatric reports showed that she had suffered from trauma after the incident and her mental health had been affected. The court also suspended her driving license for five years and ordered her to take the driver improvement scheme at her own expense. A legal academic at HKU Space says RTHK's decision to follow Beijing's ban on the BBC by suspending the overnight relay of its World Service radio output and its Cantonese News Weekly programme raises more questions about Hong Kong's autonomy under one country, two systems. Danny Gitting says it's quite clear under the basic law that China's broadcasting authority has no remit in the SAR. Given that, he thinks the chief executive, Carrie Lam, needs to explain who was responsible for the decision made in the very early hours of Friday morning. Carrie Lam normally answers questions going into executive council meetings and hopefully she will be asked about this and made clear. If indeed it is now felt that Hong Kong government departments need to follow advice or guidance from mainland Chinese ministries, then that is extremely hard to reconcile with the basic law. We already had a big shock uh, last year when we were told that the liaison office in Hong Kong and the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, they are outside the remit of Article 22 of the Basic Law and that they can supervise the Hong Kong government. But at least those two mainland organisations are in a slightly different uh, position. They, they are recognised as having responsibilities for Hong Kong. Organisations like the National Radio and Television Administration have no remit over Hong Kong at all. And as I said, even some mainland commentators have pointed out under one country, two systems, you would not expect to see them getting involved in uh, decisions about what happens in Hong Kong. The military authorities in Myanmar have filed a second criminal charge against the detained civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi. Her lawyer said she's been charged with violating the country's natural disaster law. 
A military spokesman said Miss Suu Kyi was being confined to her home for her own safety. General Zhao Mintun also attempted to justify overthrowing the government of the National League for Democracy, or NLD. The NLD had a chance to solve problems peacefully, according to the constitutional law, but they didn't take action. That's why we had no choice but to take power. This is not a coup. South Korea's spy agency has told lawmakers that North Korea attempted to break into the computer systems of the U.S. pharmaceutical company Pfizer to steal coronavirus vaccine information. One of the MPs at the closed-door briefing by Seoul's National Intelligence Service said they'd been told that several drugs manufacturers had been targeted by North Korea. The intelligence agency said North Korea had stepped up hacking in recent months. Singapore has issued a spending program worth over 8 billion US dollars to help businesses and households recover from the pandemic. The city-state suffered its biggest ever economic contraction last year, seeing GDP shrinking 5.4%, with tourism and aviation particularly badly hit. The financial package will extend wage subsidies in these worst-hit sectors and will also provide cash vouchers for households to spend at local shops. Back locally, infectious diseases expert Leung Chi Chu is warning of a possible rebound in COVID-19 cases as workers rush to get tested to comply with the government's conditions for easing coronavirus restrictions. He's worried the rush is preventing people who are more at risk from getting tested. Those who have symptoms and those who may have exposure risk might not be able to get either a bottle for different saliva test or they have to kill. For a very long time for testing, this will remove the motivation for testing. This infectious source will seed transmission links when our webpage reopen. The government has been urged to set up mobile testing centres in major retail and entertainment districts to make it easier for people to get tested for COVID. Community testing centres across the SAR have been fully booked for the next few days, with long queues seen outside. Simon Wong is the president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades. The government should have some kind of movable testing points at certain regions, such as in Wong Kok or in uh, Causeway Bay, that we have a lot of uh, restaurants. And this is just to help the industry workers to get tested easier. Representatives from the bar industry have questioned why they have to remain closed while restaurants can extend their opening hours from Thursday. Kat Howe, who chairs the Bartenders and Mixologists Union, says one-fifth of Hong Kong's 1,200 bars have folded over the past year. She called on the authorities to let bars reopen. We are closed since the 26th of November last year. It's already been like 83 days. But the spike of the fourth wave, this wave, is on January, mid-January, according to uh, Sophia Chen. So after we've been shut down for two months already, then there's still another, the really spike comes. So what's the point to close the bar? And did it really, really, other than affecting our income and salary, did it affect anything else? I didn't see that. The Association of Chartered Certified Accountants is forecasting a government deficit of $288 billion in next week's budget. The estimate is lower than the $300 billion deficit the financial secretary Paul Chan has been warning about. The association's Stanley Ho says a recent stock surge has helped. 
there were recently a booming in the stock market of which the stock transaction have bring additional stamp duty income to the government, which, which is a good thing. That would be set up about the extra spending of the anti-pandemic measures. And if the stock markets continue to be active, the deficit could go even lower. Despite the unbalanced budget, the ACCA is still recommending more handouts to struggling businesses to help them stay afloat and tax breaks for up of up to $10,000 to each taxpayer. Here's the association's Wilson Cheng. More than 60% of the taxpayer actually have the tax burden that can enjoy the allowance. And you'll be surprised, actually, um, not only the taxpayer themselves, if we uh, suggest that the dependent can also, and given the, the allowance, on average, the majority of the taxpayers can enjoy uh, more than one uh, the 10K allowance. And the, the, the uh, benefit of it, actually, is to help the household, basically, to subsidize a little bit on their uh, spending in relation to the COVID measure. To sports, and we start with tennis at the Australian Open, where Russian qualifier Aslan Karatsev became the first man in the Open era to reach a Grand Slam semi-final on debut. He saw off an injured Grigor Dimitrov in four sets, 2-6, 6-4, 6-1, 6-2. was grimacing in pain from late in the third set and was unable to stop Karatsev booking a spot in the semis against top seed Novak Djokovic, who smashed his racket en route to a tense four-set win over Germany's Alexander Zverev. Djokovic reached his 39th Grand Slam semi-final, 6-7, 6-2, 6-4, In the women's draw, Serena Williams has knocked out the woman who beat her in the 2019 Wimbledon final, Simona Halep, wins straight sets. Williams, who's looking to claim a record-equaling 24th Grand Slam title, took the match 6-3, 6-3 over the second seed in a little over an hour and 20 minutes. She goes on to face world number three Naomi Osaka, who stormed past Chinese Taipei's Xiesu Wei in straight sets. The Japanese won the All-Asian quarterfinal 6-2, 6-2. But the 35-year-old Xie still made history by becoming the first singles player from Chinese Taipei to reach the last eight of a Grand Slam. To cricket, India have levelled their four-match series with England at one apiece after a clinical 317-run win in the second test. The hosts had set England 482 to win on a turning pitch in Chennai and managed to skittle the England batsmen out for just 164. England all-rounder Moeen Ali gave the tourist total some late gloss with three fours and five sixes for an 18-ball 43 at the end of the innings. But it was the Indian spinners who starred throughout, Ravi Ashwin taking eight wickets and scoring a second-inning century, while Aksar Patel claimed a five-wicket haul on his test debut. The next test starts in Ahmedabad next Wednesday. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Experts recommend the emergency use of the Sinovac vaccine in Hong Kong. Authorities confirm social distancing restrictions will be relaxed on Thursday and two pro-democracy figures plead guilty to protest-related charges. The news from RTHK. Queen of all the teams 
started for the second hour of the late show for this tuesday the 16th of february 2021 that was gene vincent Balula. i'm simon wilson sitting in for the world's most durable dj uncle ray who's sheltering in place during this current covid spike and we'll be back as soon as it's safe to return in the meantime playing music of the 60s 70s and 80s from now until 11:30. then assorted ballads and easy listening all the way through till one radio four listeners who've just joined us very welcome along to the show and if you're tuned in on radio 3 frequency of 567 you can now catch us in glorious fm stereo 97.6 through to 98.9 all the way across the territory keep those requests are coming two double three double eight two six six is the number Moving on with the sound of Johnny Preston. On the bank of the river stood running back young Indian brave. On the other side of the river stood his lovely Indian maid. Little white dove was a her name. Such a lovely sight to see. But their tribes fought with each other So their love could never be Running back, love little white dove With a love big at the sky Running back, love little white dove With a love that couldn't die He couldn't swim the raging river Cause the river was too wide He couldn't reach Little white dove Waiting on 
the other side in the moonlight he could see her throwing kisses across the way her little heart was beating faster waiting there for her brave 